You know, we've seen a lot of things going on in 2019. We'll talk more about that uh, next week, actually, when we kind of do a wrap-up of seeing what's going on. But we've just seen some God do some amazing things this past year as it relates to new staff and our kids' ministry and our student ministry. And then what's going on at Palmyra, the two, two services now at that campus, our downtown center, and launching a new church there that will at some point move over in the Clarksville area and then something else with the downtown center. It's just been a, just been a great year. There's so many things that have happened. It's just been fun to watch and see all that God's doing. I'm excited about 2020. I think it's just going to be a great time to see even more things as we find new ways to reach out into our community and find ways to love people around us. You know, this whole season, we've been focused on the light. That has been our theme for this Christmas season. We've talked a lot about the light and what it means, Uh, and today we're going to conclude our series on the light. As we've talked about the light over this past series, we started back at the beginning of the month talking about the promise of the light from Isaiah, and we began to think in terms of how the light of Christ is promised to us and how important that promise is as it guides us into everything that we do and that promise of who the light is and how it changed the whole world. Then we actually talked about the purpose of the light. We talked about how the purpose of the light has to bring us confidence and hope and all the things that the purpose of life has to give to us as the light shines into the darkness. And then we talked about the wonder of the light, the very idea that the the light is going to be something that we're longing for, that we're seeking, that we watch God use in a great way, and the wonder of it and all the things that it provides for us as it guides us. That's one of the things that we talked about on that Sunday, how the light guides us into life. And man, we need that guidance. We need that individually. We need that as a church. We need that as a nation. We need that as a, as a world. We need the guidance of the Lord, and we need uh, to understand that this light that is guiding us is provided for you and for me, and it has great impact into our life. And then we talked uh, about the understanding of, of this light, of what the light is. The light is the life of the world. The life of the world is the light. Those two things that go hand in hand in John chapter 1 when it talks about Jesus being the light of the world and what that light really means for us. And we know that light really has a whole lot to do with salvation, right? Our being saved, our coming to a knowledge that Christ uh, has died on the cross for us, has paid the penalty for our sin has been able to not only pay the penalty for our sin, but actually went into the tomb for three days and then rose again in order to break sin and death in order that we might have life. He did that for us, and then he calls us to himself, and we understand salvation, and then we begin to walk in the light of that salvation. We're going to talk more about that today, actually. And then on Christmas Eve, we talked about the coming of the light and how the coming of the light provides for us the understanding of of love that he gives to us and grace that he gives to us and the truth that he gives to us. So we've we've kind of walked through all those things in December. We've been able to see how important the light of Christ is for us. Now, we, we are praying that the light of Christ really does continue to make an impact into our culture because we know that in our culture, there are great needs around us. There are great problems that, that are before us. We understand that. We understand that our culture is not getting better Matter of fact, there have been some that said that at some point by this time in the year 2000s, 
This would have been 100 years ago when philosophers was writing about what was going to happen in the days to come. They would say that by now we, we would be in utopia, that, that there would be peace everywhere and there would be no problems and, and the world would be living because the world was always getting better. The world was getting stronger and that world was, was just people were just loving people more. That would have happened about 100 years ago in, in the 20s. And then all of a sudden World War War came, World War II came, the Korean conflict, Vietnam War, and we're still in that all over the world Day. Wars and rumors of wars are continuing to happen. So it didn't get better. Matter of fact, we began to think, well, the only thing that's really going to make it better as believers, as those who have a Christian worldview, is not just the first coming of Christ, but the second coming of Christ, when Christ comes again. So what happens between the light of the world that came in Christ and our longing for a second coming when Christ comes uh, in order to fulfill our salvation, really, is the coming of Christ. Whether we die and we go to be with the Lord or Christ comes before our death, it really is the fulfillment of our salvation, the understanding that he is the author of our salvation, but he is also the finisher of our salvation, the author being the one who began it, and that Christmas, that what we celebrate, and the finisher, the one who is coming, the light that's going to come for the second coming. What happens in between those two things, and that's how we're going to finish today, as we really talk about this understanding of the light and the understanding that our role is to be sharing the light, because that really is the focus that Jesus gave to us. In between the coming of the light of Christmas and the coming of the light again and the second coming, what do we do inside that gap is to live out our Christian faith in order to share the light that has come into the world. So if you have your Bible with you today or an iPad close at hand or the Bible in the pew in front of you, we're going to be looking at several different scriptures as we walk through uh, this last part of this series on the light, which is sharing the light. We start today with Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, 15, and 16. We're right in the part where Jesus is in the Sermon on the Mount, right? So obviously, uh, he's teaching and he's teaching believers, he's teaching his disciples, he's teaching us what it means. So the light is very important in all of our lives. Now, the light was very important in ancient days. You have to understand that in the ancient world, uh, they didn't have lights, right? They didn't have uh, a light by their bedside they could flip on, or they didn't, they didn't have a light on their phone that they could just turn on anytime. They didn't have flashlights. When it got dark, it was dark. There were no street lamps anywhere. The only thing that they would usually have it would be a fire, uh, that they would be cooking on, and by the time darkness came, that fire was usually out because uh, darkness meant it was time to close up for the day, and that's the way it was. So the, so the light was very different, but they understood the difference between light and dark, I think probably better than we actually do. So when Jesus was making these statements, it's important for us to just think for a moment about the understanding of how he was speaking into a people who were completely dark, in their evening, when the sun would go down, the fires would go out, there were no lights around to light up anything. Yet Jesus speaks into that here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, 15, and 16, just a small part of the Sermon on the Mount where he begins to talk about sharing the light, him. So if you have that in front of you, I will read that for us, starting in verse 14, where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city or a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp 
and put it under a bush or a bowl, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, let's talk about this verse for a moment, and then we'll try to get into the why that we are sharing our faith and a little bit into the how we're going to share our faith because the sharing the light is what we're about. Sharing the light is the gap that we're trying to fill as believers, as followers of Christ. The first thing this word says to us is Jesus is proclaiming here in the Sermon on the Mount. He uses the word you, right? You are the light of the world. It's an interesting word in the Greek text. It's an interesting word that teaches a couple of different things. It's a very personal word that has to do with you as a person. He's speaking to them. Now, he's speaking to the disciples as they're doing that. He's speaking to a group when he says it. So this word, you, is, is a different kind of word, and, and the phrase that's surrounded in the Greek text has two really focuses. This is an emphatic word, is the first thing that it is in the, in the text, that it has a focus on you personally. So he would say, you, us, we get to look at our lives, and we get to say that you are the light of the world, right? It, it is on us to own that responsibility. It is on me to begin to understand that when he tells me that you are the light of the world, he's talking directly to me. It's a personal, emphatic word in the text. Now, also in the text, though, because of the way it is designed in the text, it is also a word that is plural in its meaning, right? So you begin to think, how can it be emphatic toward you, but it can be plural in its text? Well, it is in this phrase because the idea of you here means collectively at the same time. So not only am I the light of the world, but as a group, we are the light of the world also. He really makes that clear in some other passages. Paul makes that even clearer when he begins to talk about the church and the role of the church. So we would say today that as we begin thinking about sharing the light, we know what the light is, we've experienced the light of Christ. So if we're going to share the light, it has to do with me personally sharing the light, and it has to do with us collectively sharing the light. As a church body, as a family of God in this place in southern Indiana, we're here, God has put us here, not by accident, not by just a coincidence, but on purpose. He has us here for a purpose. We've been here since 1952 as a church in this community, right? And we are serving in this community by the fact that God has placed us here. God has not removed his hand from us. God has us doing a marvelous work so that collectively you are the light of the world. So we take this passage and we say it has to do with me, then it has to do with us collectively. Now, he also tells us that this light is like a town, like a city, like a, a, something that's put on a hill. Now, obviously, when you begin to think about this connection to the light in the city, it's seen all the time. A city that's set on a hill is not just seen when it's dark, when the lights are on, but it's seen constantly, right? It's seen during the day, and it's also seen at night when the fires are burning and, and people are doing things outside. So they, they begin to see what this is about. They begin to recognize that it's, it's going on constantly. It's day in, it's day out, it's 24 hours a day. So our lives then become something that are sharing the light of Christ, not just occasionally, but all the time. And inside this passage, he helps us to understand it's not private. We don't get to decide if we're going to share the light or not. That is not our choice. The choice is that when we become a follower of Christ, 
and we say that we are a Christian, we have made the choice to be sharers of the light. You cannot help to do that. There have been some that actually in the past that I've personally talked to that feel like that sharing their faith is a private thing, you know, so they don't, they don't have to share their faith. Well, that, that's not a biblical view. The Bible does not say that our faith and sharing our faith is a private thing. It's a public thing. A, a hill uh, that's, that has a town on top of it is going to be seen both day and night. It's public for everyone to see. Now, he goes on in this passage, at the very end of this passage, he gives the purpose. He says that you may see, or that they, the people looking at us, may see your good deeds, what you're doing, and that they're glorifying your Father who is in heaven, right? They're glorifying your Father. Now, Father, as I have said before, oftentimes in the New Testament, as it does in this case, relates to the compassion, love of God. So here, he is saying that, our light is shining so that those around us might see who we are and recognize that the Father is a compassionate God toward them. Why would we say that he's compassionate? Well, we say he's compassionate because he sent Jesus, right? In order to provide salvation for us, that we might have salvation, that we might see his love. Now, in this passage, he also says not only is it the Father that we're glorifying, but it's the Father that's where? It's the Father that's in heaven. So he uses a phrase there that's very important to us because he says our light is shining about a Father who is good, who is compassionate, who has given us the light, but he is also in heaven, which represents his holiness and his majestic place. So here... Jesus has said this Father who has great compassion for you, who has great love for you, is also the Holy One, the Perfect One, who is majestic, who is in heaven. Now, back up just a minute in this verse. He says, you are the light of the world. And when he says, you are the light of the world, if you, if you underline the word are right there, this verse is, is so important because when you underline that word are, it is not about what you're doing, but it's about who you are right? So you are the light of the world. Your being is the light of the world, but your being has purpose. And your being has the purpose of, he tells us at the end of this verse, to do good deeds so that you are glorifying your Father who has compassion on you and the one who is in heaven who is holy. So it would seem to reason that our good deeds have to do with compassion and holiness, right? If we're glorifying a God who is compassionate and we're glorifying a God who is holy, it would seem to reason, as you look at this passage, that since I am the light because he is in me, not in myself am I the light, but because he is in me, I am the light, I respond by love and holiness. Well, that's a mouthful, right? I've said a lot in, inside that. Just take that in for a moment. Because if we're going to be the light, as Jesus has called us to be the light, it really has to do with us being the kind of people who are taking love to the highest level, as Paul would say, the greatest of all these things is love, but also we're taking holiness to the highest level. We're being pure in all that we do, in all that we say, in all of our actions. So it is, we are, we are being the light, and that being the light really is translated into action for us in our love and in our holiness. Now, let's just move forward a little bit and talk about the idea of the why 
we would share our light for Christ. There are lots of reasons. I've only put two of them in the message for today. There are two reasons that I would suggest to us today that we are to share the light of Christ. The first reason is that people in southern Indiana, in our state, in our nation, in our world, people are hopelessly lost without the light of Christ. And I believe that with all my being. I believe that people in our community, in our state, in our nation, in the world are lost. They will not go to heaven. They will spend eternity in hell without the light of Christ. Now, a biblical reference for that is Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, where he says, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So I would, I would say to us that in this gap period, in the first coming and Jesus coming again, we are the light of the world. And the reason why we are the light of the world is because people around us are hopelessly lost. I, I believe wholeheartedly in reaching people, sharing the light with those around us. I think it has to happen here in our community, in our nation, and around the world. I believe Acts 1.8, when Jesus told them, with power you'll go in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the end of the world, he wasn't saying you do one and conquer it, and you do another one and conquer it, and you do another one. I don't think Jesus was saying that at all. I think he's saying you're doing all of it at the same time. So for us as a church to think in terms of going not only in our community, we also have to think in terms of going all around the world because it becomes our understanding that people are hopelessly lost. And if we believe people are hopelessly lost and we believe this verse that you are the light of the world, their only conclusion is that we have to share the light of the world with those around us. And that's the second thing I would say about the why. Proclaiming the light is our responsibility. We can't get away from it. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I just read an article this week where in China, I don't know if you know the persecution level has just really ramped up in, in the country there. Our, our daughter Bethany, who's back here now, served there for three years. And uh, over the last few months, she was there. She saw some real changes, and, and we've seen that even more. I just read an article this week of, of a town where, uh, in China where the government came in and actually arrested a lot of the people who were gathered for Christmas. They were gathered in order to have a Christmas time celebration for Jesus, and the pastor, uh, was he's in jail now, but he said he could not not speak up about Jesus because he understood that was his, and he used the term, it is my responsibility to tell my people about Jesus. So it is our responsibility to share the light. We can't get away from that responsibility. If we believe that people are hopelessly are lost without Christ, then it becomes our responsibility to share the light inside that. So that's the why I would give to us today. Why would we share the light of Jesus? We know that he's real. We know the impact that he's had on our life. We would share his light because we believe that people are hopelessly lost without him. We believe that. We believe that they need Jesus. We also believe that it's our responsibility. Individually, you are the light of the world. Collectively, you are the light of the world. We believe those to be the case. So that's why that we would share this light of Christ. Now I want to just talk for just a few moments 
about the how to share the light for Christ. It's raining, right? Man, it's raining a lot. That's okay, though. We, we need the rain. I guess we need the rain. Farmers will tell us if we need the rain. But how do we share Christ? I'm not talking about uh, how do you start a conversation, or I'm not talking about how you actually go through a gospel presentation. We actually deal with that in the fourth week of growth track. The fourth week of growth track is um, discovering your voice, which is walking through how to share the faith, how to share your story of who Christ is in you. That's the fourth week of growth track. So what am I talking about? How to share the faith. Well, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, John writes these words to us. And I think they're words that help us to understand really where we are. He says in 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 7, this is the message we have heard from him, to proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, we walk in darkness, we lie, and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now you take that verse in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, and then you also take the verse in John. John, the same author, writes to us, in John chapter 13, verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also ought to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, take those two verses, particularly this last one that I just read. Let's look at that one just for a moment. And let's look back at this understanding in Matthew chapter 5. Where in Matthew chapter 5, he says that you are the light of the world. And those who are seeing your good deeds are going to glorify your Father. And I've mentioned that the Father here has a lot to do with compassion of God our Father. Yet here, in this last verse that I read particularly, we'll just focus on this one. It says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Right? So it would seem to reason for us to begin to understand that how do we share the light of Christ? Well, the first and foremost way in God's Word that we share the light of Christ is to love one another, right? I mean, it seems to be the focus of who He is. We are to be His disciples, He tells us, and if we are to be His disciples, that the people are going to know that we are His disciples as we love each other. Yet, it seems to be so hard for us. It seems to be so hard for us to love our families, it seems to be difficult for us to love people in the church family. It seems to be difficult for us to love people outside the families. But yet, as believers, as those who want to be disciples, that's the first and foremost thing that the Bible teaches us. That if we're going to let people see the light that we are sharing, it happens as we learn to love people. And that takes on lots of forms, right? It takes on encouragement. It takes on forgiveness. It takes on uh, courage. It, it, it takes on influence. It takes, takes on lots of forms. But the root of it all is this love that we have for others. Now, it obviously has its root in the love that we have for God, 
right? I mean, that's where the root of it is. But it, it shows itself, according to this John passage, as we have love for each other. And it's as we have love for each other that the light of Christ is shining through us. That's the how that's going to happen. So how do we share the light of Christ? Well, first and foremost, we understand that we love each other. Now, the second thing that I would add to that is not only love becomes a part of it, but actions become a part of it. Right now, we know that we are, we are the light of Christ, but our good deeds are a part of who we are, and our good deeds are a part of the things that are happening. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, no, chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, he moves us to what our actions should be like. So if we have love that we're sharing, then in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says, Now... Who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So here in this verse, Peter passes, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 it brings us back again to this passage in Matthew. Because now he is saying to us, if we find out in John we're supposed to love one another, here he tells us that everything that we're doing is to be zealous for doing good. We should be about doing good things, doing the right things. How does that work? Well, it works when we spend more time encouraging our brothers than in any way discouraging them. It's spend more time in being courageous about Christ in us than being fearful about all the things that are going on around us. Because the good work that is happening, the zealous for good deeds that he's talking about, is talking about that whole night of suffering for our righteousness, that we are seeking to be right with God. As he goes on to say, your hearts honor Christ as Lord, as holy. So holiness becomes another part of what we're talking about. So if we begin to say, how do we share our light? How do you share your light? It is simply by how you love one another and the actions that come out of that. And one more, we learn to respond to the needs of others. I think that's a huge part of what Jesus was teaching in many different passages. Again, in Matthew chapter 25 uh, where he tells us the righteousness will answer him saying, Lord, where did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And where did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, truly I say to you, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. So what we're saying is this really. If we understand the light of Christ, and the light of Christ is in our life that we have talked about for the last several weeks. And we begin to understand that the light of Christ has moved from being the incarnate Christ to Christ who is now in glory. It leaves us with the understanding of this Matthew chapter 5 passage, where Jesus declared that you individually are the light of the world, that you collectively as a church are the light of the world. 
And so that light being the understanding that people all around us, your neighbors, people that you work with, people in your family, are lost without Christ. They need to hear the gospel message. Now, our our role isn't to um, try to coerce them or force them or manipulate them to come to Christ. Our role is to share the gospel message. We leave the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and the drawing of that person to Christ, to God himself. Our role is to share the gospel message. It is to be the light and sharing that message. How do we do that when we know it's our responsibility? We do that according to God's word on how we love each other. What comes out of that love that we have, that love that moves actions of our lives into making a impact as we see others who are in need and we begin to share with them, not only to help them with their needs, but most importantly, help them with the gospel. Well, I share this message today because I think when we look ahead, when we look into the new year, it becomes so vital for all of us to understand our role as individuals and our role as a church to take the gospel message, a message that we have been taking for a good number of years to the community in which you live, to the neighbors in which you have, to the families in which we each belong to, so that we are sharing the light, our light, with those around us. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father, a loving Father who is in heaven in all majesty and holiness. That's our responsibility. How do we respond?